Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit capital.com and start your trading journey today. conversations with Lulu. This is episode 19 and I am back for the second year. I have taken a long break, I know, and I wasn't even sure I was going to be back, but here I am and I couldn't be more excited about it and I hope that you are too. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lulu Hazan. I have been an entrepreneur for a decade. I've been living in Dubai for two decades and I am also an angel investor a mother and your host for this show. I wanted to kick off this year by starting off on a topic that I believe is quite relevant and quite timely. Both local and international news outlets have been talking about it for quite some time now. And that topic is NFTs, non-fungible tokens. So if you're like me, about probably about two months ago, I had no idea what NFTs were. I knew they had to do with crypto and the blockchain. I knew that artists were creating NFTs and selling them. And I knew that it was something that is going to be definitely a space to watch. So I wanted to look uh, to dig into them. So what are non-fungible tokens? Non-fungible is basically something that you can't duplicate or replicate, and therefore it's quite unique. So a non-fungible token, the way I can explain it to myself and, and the easiest explanation I found is that it's basically an asset that is linked to a unique piece of code and that is recorded on the Ethereum blockchain. Now, what is the blockchain? The blockchain is a peer-to-peer -peer network where transactions are made, recorded, and verified by a, a network of computers. They are called nodes. And without the intervention of any uh, human, basically, or third parties. This makes the blockchain decentralized. It makes it efficient. It makes it fast and, and cheaper because it eliminates, basically, third-party uh, third fees uh, that are usually levied to uh, validate uh, transactions and record transactions. So the applications of NFTs are quite uh, wide. There is nothing stopping any asset to be made into an NFT, so you can create an NFT from an apartment or a car or a, a blog post or a piece of video content or a highlight of a sports video, for example, like an NBA game. We're seeing a lot of that happening now. So pretty much any asset, anything that could be ownable can, can become, become an NFT potentially. And that's why I feel that it's very important for all of us to at least educate ourselves about the basics of NFTs and understand where it's headed and what could be the, the opportunity behind it. The most important NFT happened in the digital art world, and this is when, about a month ago, an artist by the name of Mike Winkleman, also known as Beeple, or Beeple Crap, yes, Crap, on social media, he had been releasing a piece of digital artwork every day for the past 5,000 days. And when NFTs became a thing, he 
took all of these these individual pieces of of digital art and he made them he collated them into this massive artwork that represents 5000 days of his art and he created an NFT out of it. And what happened next is uh, Christie's, the global auction house, decided to auction this NFT. For the first time ever, they auctioned a piece of digital art, and it was sold for just over $69 million. Nobody could believe it. Basically, somebody paid $69 million for uh, a media file or a JPEG. Nobody could believe it. I mean, Mike Winkleman couldn't even believe it. In fact, let's let's hear his reaction. Sixty-nine million. I think it probably means digital art is here to stay. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> so fascinating, and uh, and I'm sure it's going to change his life forever. So is this a bubble? Well, the guy that bought it. Uh, who goes by the pseudonym Metakovan doesn't think so. I mean, he obviously felt it was it was worth that much and more. In fact, on an interview on CNBC, he said that he would have been ready to pay to pay more than that for the for the people art piece. So once the hype cycle subsides, I believe that there is a lot of room for this specific technology and its applications are definitely quite varied. And only time will, will tell if, if the art NFT market is, is here to stay and if they're going to continue to see more growth or if it's going to be something that's going to die down in a couple of years. We don't know that. But the technology has a lot of legs and we're definitely going to be seeing it applied on, uh, on other types of assets and not only digital art. There are some skeptics that say that the whole NFT asset class has been created by the already crypto-rich as a way for them to get more and more people to be trading in cryptocurrencies, and therefore they become richer. Some of them uh, are concerned about the speculation that is happening in the NFT uh, world, where people are just buying and selling these assets, not due to the, the value of the underlying asset, but more just to, to trade it. But of course, there's also the, on the positive note, it's uh, a new medium, a new sales channel for artists who love to do digital art. It's a, it's a new way for them to be able to sell these art pieces to the world. So to hear more about, about such artists and to get a MENA perspective, I am extremely honored to be hosting Christelle Pshara. She's a Lebanese award-winning artist, and she is the first Middle Eastern artist to sell three NFTs on global marketplaces. We're going to hear about her journey and the process that she went through and her learnings, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Christelle, I want to thank you so much for, for being my guest on Conversations with Lulu. I'm happy and, to be with you, Lulu. Uh, and I wanted to say congratulations on all of the awards uh, that you've won throughout the years, all of the appreciation you've gotten from galleries all over the world. I saw that you your work was in Tokyo and Paris and Brussels and Milan and more. And more importantly... Congratulations on being the first artist to sell three NFTs, first Middle Eastern artist to sell three NFTs recently. And this is something that I want to cover today. So thank you. I'm really honored. I'm happy. So happy to be with you. And thank you for your introduction. <laughs> so Christelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your journey into the art world? So how did you start and how long have you been at this journey? 
So growing up, I was influenced by my late father. He was a surrealist artist and a sculptor. So I was always encouraged to express myself through art. I graduated with a degree in uh, graphic design. And when I moved to Dubai 14 years ago, I landed my first job as an in-house designer. But all the time I wanted to create a a style that is unique. And this is where I combine my love for drawing and traditional painting with my technical skills uh, and the use of softwares and uh, the technology. And I created a style that I am really fond of. And this is, uh, it, it made it, I was able through this style that is so unique to me to move from an art hobbyist to a professional artist. And how would you describe your art? My art, it's it's a mix of, let's say, classic and contemporary modern. I mix simple simplicity with a lot of complexity and a lot of patterns and a lot of colors with a lot of black and white in the background. And it's like a mix of everything that I love in one medium. Yes, it's very it's very colorful, that's for eclectic. sure. And I see you have a lot of eclectic, exactly. And there's a lot of contrast between the, the colors and the and the black. Yes. So so you've been uh, so you've been a, a full-time uh, professional artist for the past five years then? Five years, yes. And you've experienced you've experimented in you know painting on canvas and you've also experimented in the digital art space. Correct. And then recently, obviously, this uh, whole NFT world opens up and I wanted to, to ask you about it. So tell me, like, when was the first time you heard about NFT and, and what did you think when you first heard about it? We were at my gallery in DIFC and we bumped into our friends. Ala and Jesse, they had a friend with them. His name is Abbas. I didn't know him at the time. We started talking about art and the art market. And Abbas, he casually just explained to us about NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. That was maybe two months ago. And then the next day, and after that coincidence, I started seeing NFTs everywhere online. And this is where I felt that (laughs) I'm missing out. I'm missing out. So I I went online, had the crash course on on the blockchain and all this new technology. And you know that I run my art business as a startup. So I'm always looking for opportunities to, you know, to disrupt this uh, industry, the art industry. So I always try to be innovative. And this is where I felt this is something that I can really benefit from. And I learned as much as I can. You don't have to mm-hmm. be technical or you to learn coding to, to create NFTs. Uh, but it was from my curiosity because I needed to understand properly what I'm going through, what I'm going to get into. And uh, this is when I started creating NFTs. So you saw it as, a, as an additional sales channel, basically, for you? Sales channels, and it, it's a recognition for digital creators because I work with both digital and traditional art. And I've mm-hmm. been defending and explaining about digital art like for years. And it's finally time, the time to with NFTs to get to say that digital art is not less than the traditional art. 
So I hope with NFTs, people will get this, uh, this art and the digital artists will get this recognition. So they're, they're for you, they're the same in terms of the, the thinking behind the it, the time it takes. And the creative process that it takes, of course. It's just and the, the same different value. tools. And same value. It's just the it's inspiration, creativity. It's just different tools or different mediums of, mediums of creating this art. Okay. So you heard about this non-fungible tokens, then these NFTs, and mm-hmm. you decided that uh, okay, I have to try this. I want to be innovative. You you had mentioned in, a, in an earlier discussion we had that, you know, you feel that artists are always not at the forefront of technology, but they're always yes. lagging behind. So you wanted to change this perception <laughs> and be first, first. Uh, and you succeeded. <laughs> so how did you think about it? Did you think, did you take any of your existing art and you, you said, okay, I'm going to take this collection and make mm-hmm. it into an NFT? Or did you develop something specifically for this occasion? Yeah, as much as I was tempted to use my uh, previous digital art or the collections that I already have in as digital, after my research, I understood that NFTs are here to stay. So although I wanted to act quickly, I took my time to create a series that is, that is r- r- related or more relevant to crypto and these topics. So I created a series called Beauty in Diversity and DeFi. And my first artwork was an interpretation of Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin. Yes, the the alias used by the creator of Bitcoin. (laughs) Yes. Because nobody knows if it's a he or she. He or or she. So yeah, I created a binary figure actually. And maybe it's a group of people. So... We don't know actually, yeah. Okay, so you so you decided to do to do art that is very much uh, representative of the crypto world of the of the decentralized finance world. Correct. Yes. Okay, let's go through the experience. So you have Mm. this art art digital artwork that you've created, and then and then what did you do? So um, so take me through the process. The process. There are many platforms and large platforms that everyone goes, like you can go to create NFTs. For me, mm-hmm. it, the first one was OpenSea. And this is where I listed my first artwork, which is Satoshi Nakamoto. When I launched this artwork, however, I received from an art friend. He's uh, from Holland. We are part of a, an international group of artists. And he invited me to join Foundation App. So on Foundation app, it's a different, they have different features and different, different than OpenSea. So what I've done is OpenSea is a large platform and you, you don't get noticed easily. With Foundation, it's by invitation. They list the work chronologically. So you're more likely to be visible when you first launch your work. So the second day, I launched my second artwork on uh, Foundation, and 24 hours later, it was sold. Okay. So what I've done is I delisted Satoshi from OpenSea and listed it again with Foundation, and it was sold within 24 hours, and the same happened with the third artwork. Okay, so let me understand. So there are, there are multiple then marketplaces, uh, global marketplaces, to, to list 
these artworks and basically create an NFT out of this artwork, which I'm going to ask you about, and mm -hmm. then sell the artwork. So OpenSea is very open to everybody. And what you're saying is that it's really crowded, Actually. whereas foundation is more curated. Which yes. makes, actually, it's a, it was going to be one of my questions because who, you know, I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet. Obviously, they're not all artists, but if everybody is going to list any video or any uh, audio file or blog post or artwork, then you're going to have like billions of, of uh, pieces of digital art. So who, who curates this, right? Yeah, and, and, and there are. This is the problem. It's saturated. So... This is where the uh, platform plays a role in this, in, in making every artist more visible. And for example, what I like about Foundation is that when you list an art, an NFT, or when you list your work, you set a reserve price. It's like an auction. Once you get mm -hmm. the first bid, it sets automatically to a 24-hour auction. And, okay. it, and it is visible for 24 hours. On, mm -hmm. to everybody so and this is where you get uh, most of your bids but first thing you need the first bid to move yeah to the auction so uh, okay. and the, in the last 15 minutes whenever a bid is placed in the last 15 minutes you get an extension of another 15 minutes so the and usually okay. the, the bids they are the you know the bidders they start outbidding themselves um each other actually in the last 15 minutes and then the more you have, the more time you are uh, visible. So it's it's really exciting. I, see. I love this. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's it's not. So it's not only twenty four hours. Then it's twenty four hours, but then plus. you get increments of fifteen minutes. Uh, yes. As more and more people more are bidding. People are bidding. Yes. At the, at the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. Okay, so the so what's unique about find the foundation then is that first auction. of all it's invite only and then it's an auction and it's twenty four hours plus increments of fifteen minutes. And in terms of the so what does it mean when you say create an NFT? What what does that for for whoever is listening or any artists or entrepreneurs that are interested but haven't taken the step? How, what does that mean? So the smart contracts, they are like a series or set of rules on the, that are on the blockchain. You don't have to be. We, let's not go technical. I'm not technical, obviously. And it's not very complicated for, for users. You just need to create a wallet and you create an mm -hmm. account and the username and all these uh, credentials on these platforms like Rarible, mm -hmm. OpenSea, and Foundation. And it's very simple. You just mint your artwork. You just list it. They call it minting. Mm -hmm. You pay the fees, okay. whatever. It depends. And then in the description, you list what you want to have in this smart contract. For example, you list where this artwork is, whether it's a digital file, whether it's redeemable, the dimensions, the sizes. Some applications have like uh, lockable content. Only the collector will get to see it when, when he buys it. Uh, okay. And uh, then you just set the price of the reserve or the fixed price, and then you click list, and it and goes it, on the platform. It goes, it goes, it on, goes the on the platform. platform. It depends on the platform, whether it's fixed or it's going to be waiting for the first bid to move to the auction. Mm -hmm. And did it take time for you to create a wallet? Did you have to do any KYC or know your customer type? Uh, no, no, no. The uh, wallet you can create. Validation. 
No, it's it, the wallet is not through this app. It's a different app, actually. Okay, and like what Binance. app do you use for your wallet? And Binance. Okay. Yeah. Meta, so so the whole process. MetaMask also, and actually, MetaMask is the wallet, not Binance. Binance is the exchange. <laughs> yes. MetaMask. Okay, I thought maybe wallet. they have wallets as well. Okay. Uh, maybe I don't know. Okay, so MetaMask is, is quite mm. known actually as a yeah. as a global wallet. Yeah. So you create your you, you create a wallet there first, and then you create you connect, a profile on them. Yes, you connect yeah. your wallet to your profile on the platforms you are. Any okay. you can have many, obviously. Okay, and and what happens if you don't receive any bids? You just delist the it's, the work. No, you keep it. You keep it on your profile. Okay. Because your profile is like where all your collection is. It's like a portfolio. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. For okay. the for the creator and for the collectors as well. The collectors are, you know, they are showing their work, what they are buying. Their collectors yes. actually. Yeah. They're very. I saw. I saw. You have four pieces now, now that yes. are listed. Three uh-huh. were sold. And, and one, one I listed. Uh, it's waiting yes. for the reserve to be met. Yeah. Yes. And I saw you've 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 increased your reserve this time as well. So I'm learning. So you have a st- yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so you, with those. Yes, because there's like there are prominent collectors, and you get to know to, to start to know some you know, some of the collectors, mm-hmm. and you get engaged, and uh, so just like trying and. <laughs> they're very yeah. They're they're very. It's it's. Uh, I love these paintings. They're these, uh, illust- I don't know, what do you call them? Digital paintings digital or art. digital artworks? Digital artworks, yes. yeah. They're very, uh, they're very, uh, what's the term, like mysterious. There's uh, there's all these colors. I think mm-hmm. one of them, FOMO, FOMO, is a brain, right? Yes, yeah. the, yes, fear of missing with, out. Like, all yes, the with the all electrifying colors and yeah. Okay, so so you've sold them. I saw like I think an an average of what do you have six thousand dollars, right? Yes, approximately yes, and the, the value is still increasing. You know, we are keeping. I'm keeping the uh, cryptocurrency. Actually, I'm not. I'm not exchanging to fiat money. So we are investing as well. That's great. Yes, so you believe in, I believe the, in, uh, in the in the future of it. Of course. So it's not that just you don't see it as like a quick hit and run type thing where, you know, let's sell some digital art, make some money and get out of there. You no, believe in this. I believe in this and it's here, it's the future. The technology is here to stay. And this is why I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing in creating just I, any artwork. I'm creating a collection that is really relevant to the uh, theme, to the to the mm. crypto world. So. It is here to stay, and it's it's still in its uh, infancy stage. You know, there's plenty of room to grow, and it will expand to more creative mediums. Let's say different, not just digital art. You can create NFTs for any uh, work you have, and it it's it's a way to preserve the uh, provenance of ownership, creation, and all that. Plus, you get the added bonus for that you can list in these smart contracts the what what you say royalties the royalty fees. So whenever you sell it again, you always get royalty fees. So how whenever it changes hands, the creator will get a five to fifteen percent royalty fees, which which you never get in the real world. 
Yeah, and also you're—I mean, effectively you're cutting down a lot of the fees that you would usually cost when you when you With list in galleries, right? Galleries or through yes, intermediates, yeah. So you are directly selling to the collectors. Do you do you see that there is an advantage in, in NFTs or to basically even the level playing field? So I, I've done a bit of research and I saw that. You know, there's a, there's a big gap between men and women. I, I landed on a research on a site called, uh, site called Artsy. Mm. And basically they had, uh, wrote a big article about a, a massive research that was done looking at 110,000 artworks of roughly 11,000 artists that were produced since 1999. So, okay. and... It, and they looked at the, 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 the gaps between, you know, men and women, especially when it comes to the listing price. And for women, for example, the average listing price is $10,000. For men, it's $17,000. And the whole article talks about, you know, it's not different art. It's, 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 it's art, art is art. Like you can't say the men's art is better than the women's mm -hmm. art. So do you feel like there is an opportunity there? Do you have any comments on that? Well, I hope so. I was part actually like two years ago of a, a, an exhibition called Art Gap. It was by, run by the Standard Chartered Bank. And actually, there's a big gap between art made by uh, women or uh, male. And what, we, what we've done is that we painted half or not half the, the, the part that we are paid for. Actually, women are paid for. So we sold half of the painting, you know, and we left the, the canvas white, the, the rest of the canvas white. It shows how the gap is very wide between, in art between men and women. It's, it's wider than any other industries, which is uh, crazy, kind of. You, you don't, you usually, you judge the art and not the artist. So I hope with this technology, like, it it will it is added it's it is an added for uh, you are listing online no one no one is judging you are selling directly to the collectors so I hope I, and I'm sure this gap is gonna be like getting smaller hopefully smaller. yes okay is there a reason at all for that gap in general there there is a gap actually in all industries it's not just in art between the there's no gender equality in pay in payrolls i don't know why it's reflected more in art maybe years ago and years ago women were not allowed to showcase their work in a in a way so I feel it's there's there are many reasons and hopefully with the technology and advance that we are going through I hope this gap is shrinking definitely it will be shrinking Is there something with the just going back to the NFT but did you face any challenges at all being from the Middle East or or do you feel it's the same everywhere I I don't I don't think there's uh, any challenges because okay. basically it is everybody has the same chance online and it's just whether you are an established artist or not or you're just trying out mm -hmm. or it's it's just art whether the collectors like your work and uh, i think that's it okay but in terms of creating a wallet or listing on these marketplaces they were open to everybody they are open yeah yeah there's no okay. no challenges there 
So were there any sort of lessons learned from this process? Maybe something that you wish you hadn't done or you, or you had to learn like the long way? Because it's a new process, right? And, and I think everybody's learning along the way. I think, I think it will get easier with time as well. Just explaining the process and explaining what I'm doing is, was a little bit difficult for people who's, who are not, who don't understand well the, what's the blockchain, what are you doing, especially who doesn't work with digital, people who don't work with digital art. So it's, they are a little bit far, they cannot get the concept. I think this market, this NFT created a market to trade with digital art. And it's, it's important because digital art, usually it's online. Anyone can copy it, uh, save it. But with NFTs, there's only one original with, with a clear history and of provenance of the owner and the creator. And through the blockchain, this is immutable. So I, I think we should all learn that digital art it should be recognized and equal to any kind of other arts. You know what? I don't think that that's the issue. I, th I feel that like from everything that I've read about it and, and heard about it and also listening to an interview by the, the guy that bought the $69 million artwork wow. by uh, the Beeple. artist Beeple. I think I think the most mind-boggling thing about it is is not the technology or the use of the technology I think it's more like the, the the physical ownership of it, or let's say the the scarcity. Because art, from from you know, from my understanding, is that the more scarce you are, you know, it's unique. It becomes more valuable with years and so on. And scarcity means that not many people see it, and it's available in one place and so on. Or you're the only owner. I think mm -hmm. the mind-boggling part of it is that it's a piece of work that everybody in the world can see online that has been copied many times online on different websites but that person has bought pretty much the you know a, a certificate almost or a contract that says i own this digital artwork yeah and then it's about yeah. all it's about ownership <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have a Like you have Mona Lisa and you can't have it at your home. You will have it in the vault somewhere. So you, no one will ever see it anyway. It's just that you own it. You know, like you have your name under it in the museum somewhere. The same with yes. digital art. This is what's good for digital art. This, this contract that says this, is, this digital art is owned uh, by this, by someone and created by this one. So this is what's all about ownership yes why do you want yes. why, so when you when you are acquiring a piece of art that you you can't have it in your home you can display it in your home as well you have because you're you need to keep it safe and all that so it's the same with digital art or any kind of art yeah. any kind of <laughs> nft <laughs> i think i think this is the i think this is the novelty in it and this is what yes Uh, I believe will take some time for sort of people to wrap their heads around it because ultimately, you know, the person that bought your three NFTs, they, they, they don't even have like, I mean, the file, file, right? I mean, yeah, they have not, the file. All of, not all of them, not all of them. The file, uh, but I'm hearing also there, there's, there are a lot of work on display screens. So it seems it's going to be a thing to display your digital art on screens at home or anywhere mm -hmm. else, not just, just at home. So 
maybe it's the future to see that any kind of art can be displayed. Well, I've seen I've seen there's digital museums at the moment. There's the museum yeah, of virtual. digital art, the virtual museums. Yeah, so we're gonna we're end heading. up sitting on our screens. We're headed there. It's, I don't know if that's ma- good or bad. It's a matter of choice and personal taste. You know whether you want to feel and look at the art or you just want to see it through a screen it's just a matter of preference i think okay fair enough i think time will tell you know it'll be interesting to see the next couple of years what happens in this space and how it's going to evolve and and how do pieces get resold yes Uh, you know it'll be interesting for you to see yeah that's that's interesting many, to see yeah. and yes exciting and how it's going to change hands and i think it, okay there's plenty of this it's not a bubble let's say not not a bubble or but whoever's going to last on these platforms are like real artists at the end in whatever mm-hmm. they do not necessarily in digital art like video games any kinds of tokens or any f- sort of col- collectibles okay now there's like a hype and like Everybody's trying to sell whatever they can. And maybe some are successful in doing that. But whoever is going to last is like real artists with real message in their mind or or the, something valuable, you know. And I think these people that who will last, whether it was at NFTs or in any in in the art industry anyway. I think it's just the speculators that bring a bad reputation to things usually, you know, because we hear stories now of it. Yeah. Well, it's, there is, there is a lot, there are a lot of people that are buying these digital artworks because they love the art, because they want to support the artist, because they believe in the space and the technology and the potential. And there are a lot of people that are buying them just as a, you know, way for them to resell them quickly and, and and make some money. So I think time will time will tell. But I I do agree with you. I I believe That's that. The, the, no, I mean the artists that are real artists like you and and great artists, they will they will stay whether it's digital or non digital. Right. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see. Okay, so. Do you do you see that do you see that the value of digital art will be equal to that of the physical art in general, or do you see it basically going higher? Is there uh, you know are there any conversations you're having maybe with with colleagues and the and the artwork like what is what are they thinking? Uh, for me and how I'm pricing my work and how they were sold, they were sold equally to the original uh, artworks, which is which is very good. I think in terms of pricing, also it's a matter of each artist how they price their work, and you know sometimes it's not it doesn't depend on uh, on the hours you spend or 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 the mediums or the what what you used, but. It's it's a value that you place on your artwork. It's something maybe it it, it has a, a certain emotion or certain uh, feelings to it. You need you price it differently than the other. I don't feel digital should be priced less or more. It's just art. Whether it was, it was digital, whatever medium it is, you should we should price it as we feel it should. 
Okay. But there is, I mean, there is a cost to the physical art. I know that, you know, paint is not cheap, for example, and the canvases yes, are course. quite expensive. So. But as well, when you're listing, when you're creating your NFTs, you are also paying for the minting, for the creating your your account at first, and then for minting, and then there are commissions for the platform. So you are paying as well, not as much maybe, but still, it's still, okay. yeah. Well, it is it is an additional channel, as you said, and a new channel mm-hmm. and something yeah. definitely to watch out for. So for people that follow you as an artist and and are interested in the space, where can they buy your NFTs? So, so my, my NFTs are now listed on Foundation App. On my website, atelierchristel.com, I have this NFT series also on my website. Each artwork will take you to the platform that it, that it will be listed on because mm-hmm. I will definitely be working on more artworks and I will be adding them. I have also my physical work in my gallery here in the IFC and my studio as well is in the Onyx Towers. Okay. Any, any advice you have for artists that are going into the space that want to list on, on these marketplaces? What's your well, advice to them? I'd encourage, I would, I would like to encourage all the artists to just have an open mind and see how they, I know a lot from my friends and the community around me. They are very interested. The thing is, is they, it's a new technology and not all the people understand it properly, but the race actually is on how fast we can have a mass adoption for this technology so we can bring in more collectors <laughs> And it will become like a, an essential part of this, of the art industry. That's great. Thank you so much, Christelle, for all of your insights. I'd love to continue uh, this discussion, maybe another, another in a few years to see uh, what happened and how all, all of this NFT side of the business has evolved and, and how many NFTs you end up minting and selling and uh, <laughs> And all of that. Thank you, Lulu. I hope uh, I was able to explain my, how I see it in simple terms, actually. <laughs> and uh, I hope I can help with this topic. And well, I'm sure uh, some artists might reach out to you. Are, are you on social media? Where the somewhere, if anybody wants to talk to you about this? Yes, I'm on Instagram and on my website, of course. And your Instagram handle is Christel Pshara. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 19. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Christelle shared uh, some really interesting insights. I'm going to be adding links to her website and to the NFT marketplace to foundation where you'd be able to check out her art and buy it if this is something interesting for you. I've done a lot of research for this episode, so I'm going to add links to podcasts and and other reading material into the show notes, so make sure to check them out. You'll find the show notes on my website, conversationswithlulu.com. As usual, feedback is always welcome. You can connect with me on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter, at Lulu Chazen, or you can reach out to me directly through email at lulu.chazen at gmail.com. Definitely looking for recommendations in terms of people that you think uh, should be featured. I'm also looking for people and companies that are willing to support the show and become sponsors. So if you like what I'm doing, please get in touch. 
And for now, I want to wish you a great day and see you in two weeks. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today.